Chapter Thirteen of the Pharaoh and the Priest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pharaoh and the Priest by Boleslav Prusse, translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter Thirteen The Expedition of the Heir to the Throne undertaken with the object of discovering the priest who had saved sarah and had given him legal advice had a result that was unexpected the priest was not discovered but among egyptian earth tillers legends began to circulate which concerned ramses some mysterious man sailed about from village to village and told the people that the heir to the throne freed the men who were in danger of condemnation to the quarries for attacking his dwelling besides he had beaten down an official who was extorting unjust rent from tenants finally the unknown person added that prince rameses was under the special guardianship of amon who was his father simple people listened to these tidings eagerly first because they agreed with facts second because the man who told the story was himself like a spirit it was not known whence he came nor whither he had vanished Prince Ramses made no mention whatever of his sentence to Dagon. He did not even summon him. He felt ashamed in presence of the Phoenician, from whom he had taken money, and might require money yet more than one time. But a few days after the adventure with Dagon's scribe, the banker came himself to the air, holding in his hands some covered object. On entering the prince's chamber, he bent down, untied a white kerchief, and drew forth from it a very beautiful gold goblet. The goblet was set with stones of various colours, and covered with carving in relief, which on the lower part represented the gathering and pressing out of grapes, and on the cup part a feast. "'Accept this goblet, worthy lord, from thy slave,' said the banker, "'and use it for a hundred, a thousand years, to the end of ages.' The prince understood what the Phoenician wanted, so without touching the golden gift, he said with a stern expression, Dost thou see, Dagon, that purple reflection inside the goblet? I do indeed, replied the banker. Why should I not see that which shows the goblet to be the purest gold? But I declare that to be the blood of children seized away from their parents, said the heir angrily, and he turned and went to an interior chamber. Oh, Astoreth! groaned the Phoenician. His lips grew blue, and his hands trembled, so that he was hardly able to wrap up the goblet. A couple of days later Dagon sailed down with his goblet to Sarah's house. He was arrayed in robes interwoven with gold. In his thick beard were glass globulets, from which issued perfumes, and he had fastened two plumes to his head. "'Beautiful Sarah,' began he, may jehovah pour on thy family as many blessings as there are waters in the nile at present we phoenicians and ye jews are brethren and neighbours i am inflamed with such ardour of love for thee that didst thou not belong to our most worthy lord i would give gideon ten talents for thee and would take thee for my lawful wife so enamoured am i may god preserve me answered sarah from wanting another lord beyond the one who is mine at this moment. But whence, worthy Dagon, did the desire come to thee to-day of visiting our lord's servant? I will tell thee the truth, as if thou wert Tamara, my wife, 
who a real daughter of sidon though she brought me a large dowry is old now and not worthy to take off thy sandals in the honey flowing from thy lips there is much wormwood put in sarah let the honey replied dagon sitting down be for thee and let the wormwood poison my heart our lord prince ramses may he live through eternity has the mouth of a lion and the keenness of a vulture he has seen fit to rent his estate to me this has filled my stomach with delight but he does not trust me so i lay awake whole nights from anxiety i only sigh and cover my bed with tears in which bed would that thou wert resting with me o sarah instead of my wife tamara who cannot rouse desire in me any longer that is not what thou wishest to say interrupted the blushing sarah i know not what i wish to say since i have looked on thee and since our lord examining my activity on his estates struck with a cane and took health from my scribe who was collecting jews there from tenants and these jews were not for me sarah but for our lord it is not i who will eat the figs and wheat and bread from those lands but thou and our lord i have given money to our lord and jewels to thee why then should the low egypt rabble impoverish our lord and thee sarah to show how greatly thou rousest my desire and that thou these estates i wish nothing but reserve all for thee and our lord i give this goblet of pure gold set with jewels and covered with carvings at which the gods themselves would be astonished then dagon drew forth from the cloth the goblet refused by prince ramses i do not even wish that thou shouldst have the goblet in the house and give the prince to drink from it give this goblet of pure gold to gideon whom i love as my own brother and thou sarah tell thy father these words thy twin brother dagon the unfortunate tenant on the lands of prince ramses is ruined drink then my father from this goblet think of thy twin brother and beg jehovah that our lord prince ramses may not bid his scribes and bring to revolt tenants who even now have no wish to pay tribute and know this sarah that if thou wouldst admit me to confidence i would give thee two talents and thy father one talent and besides i should be ashamed of giving thee so little for thou deservest that the pharaoh himself should fondle thee and the heir of the throne and the war the minister herhor and the most valiant nitager and the richest bankers of the phoenicians there is such a taste in thee and i grow faint when i gaze at thee and when i see thee not i close my eyes and lick my lips thou art sweeter than figs more fragrant than roses i would give thee five talents take this goblet sarah sarah drew back with drooping eyes i will not take the goblet answered she my lord forbade me to take gifts from any one dagon was astonished and looked with widely opened eyes at her then it must be that thou knowest not sarah the value of this goblet but i give it to thy father who is my brother i cannot take it whispered sarah oh cried dagon then thou sarah wilt pay me for this goblet in another way without speaking to thy lord but a woman as beautiful as thou must have gold and jewels and should have her own banker to bring her money when she pleases not alone when her lord likes i cannot whispered sarah without concealing her repulsion for the banker the phoenician changed his tone in the twinkle of an eye and said laughing 
"'Very good, Sarah. I only wish to convince myself that thou art faithful to our Lord. I see that thou art faithful, though foolish, as people say.' "'What?' burst out Sarah, rushing at Dagon with clinched fist. "'Ha! <laughs> ha! laughed the Phoenician. "'What a pity that our Lord could not hear and see thee this moment! But I will tell him, when he is in good humour, that thou art not only as faithful as a dog to him, but even that thou wouldst not accept a gold goblet, because he has not permitted thee to take presents. And this goblet, believe me, Sarah, has tempted more than one woman, and women who were not of small importance.' Dagon sat a while admiring the virtue and obedience of Sarah. At last he took farewell of her with much feeling, sat down in his tented boat, and sailed away toward Memphis. When the boat had pushed off from the country house, the smile vanished from the banker's face, and an expression of anger came out thereon. When Sarah's house was hidden behind the trees, Dagon stood up and raised his hands. "'Oh, Baal of Sidon!' O oh, Astoreth, said he, avenge my insult on this cursed daughter of a Jew. Let her treacherous beauty perish as a drop of rain in the desert. May disease devour her body and madness bind her soul. May her lord hunt her out of his house like a mangy swine. And as today she pushed my goblet aside, may the hour come when people will push her withered hand aside when in thirst she begs them for a cup of dirty water. Then he spat, and muttered words with hidden and dreadful meaning. A black cloud covered the sand for a while, and the water near the side of the boat began to grow muddy and rise in a mighty wave. When he finished, the sun had grown bright again, but the river was disturbed, as if a new inundation were moving it. Dagon's rowers were frightened, and ceased their singing but separated from their master by the side of the boat, they could not see his ceremonies. Thenceforth the Phoenician did not appear before Prince Ramses. But on a certain day, when the priest came to his residence, he found in his bedchamber a beautiful Phoenician dancer, sixteen years of age, whose entire dress was a golden circlet on her head, and a shawl, as delicate as spider-webs, thrown across her shoulders. "'Who art thou?' asked the prince. I am a priestess, and thy servant. The Lord Dagon has sent me, to frighten away thy anger against him. How wilt thou do that? Oh, in this way, sit down there, said she, seating him in an armchair. I will stand on tiptoe, so as to grow taller than thy anger. And with this shawl, which is sacred, I will drive evil spirits from thee. Akish, Akish! whispered she, dancing in a circle. Ramses, let my hands remove gloom from thy hair. Let my kisses bring back to thy eyes their bright glances. Let the beating of my heart fill thy ears with music, Lord of Egypt. Akish, Akish, he is not yours, but mine. Love demands such silence that in its presence even anger must grow still. While dancing, she played with the prince's hair, put her arms around his neck, kissed him on the eyes. At last she sat down wearied at his feet, and resting her head on his knees, turned her face toward him quickly, panting with parted lips. "'Thou art no longer angry with thy servant Dagon?' whispered she, stroking his face. Ramses wished to kiss her on the lips, but she sprang away from his knees, crying, 
oh that is not possible why so i am a virgin and priestess of the great goddess astoreth thou wouldst have to love my garden goddess greatly and honour her before thou couldst kiss me but is it permitted thee all things are permitted me for i am a priestess and have sworn to preserve my virginity why hast thou come hither then to drive out thy anger i have done so i depart be well and kind always added she with a piercing glance where dost thou dwell what is thy name asked rameses my name is fondling and i dwell ay why should i tell thou wilt not come soon to me she waved her hand and vanished the prince as if stunned did not move from his chair when after a while he looked through the window he saw a rich litter which four nubians bore toward the nile swiftly Ramses was not sorry for the departing woman she astonished but did not attract him sarah is calmer thought he and more beautiful moreover it seems to me that that phoenician must be cold and her fondlings are studied but from that time the prince ceased to be angry at dagon all the more since on a day when he was at sarah's earth tillers came to him and thanking him for protection declared that the phoenician forced them to pay new rents no longer that was the case close to memphis but on other lands the prince's tenants made good dagon's losses End of chapter thirteen